During the Lenten season, I am inviting you to pray with me about this theme, Beloved of God, a Redemptive Relationship. And our subject this week, the third week of Lent, is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God begins, first of all, with God's initiative to rescue humanity from sin and death. We hear that all the time, but it is remarkable that God, who knows everything, has everything, God is just God, but God wants to be in relationship with us. He created us and invites us to share a relationship with him. The relationship was broken with, by distrust and disobedience. God, who is God, needs no one and nothing. But God takes the initiative to rescue humanity from sin and death. First, he calls the people of God, what we would know as Israel, and later on in the nations of Israel and Judah, to be a witness to the nations that there is only one God. God had delivered them from slavery in Egypt uh, through the decisive plague in which the angel of death would take the firstborn of the Egyptians, but would pass over the residences of God's people as they followed his instruction to post the blood of a lamb, an unblemished lamb, over their doorposts. God permitted blood to be shed so that his people would not forget what he had done for them and the great price it took for that to happen. And so they would celebrate the Passover each year. Jesus, the eternal Son of God, embodies God's initiative to rescue us from sin and death. And in the Gospel reading, this is the first time in the Gospel of John in which Jesus is celebrating the Passover, fulfilling the law of the Lord that every able-bodied Jewish male he needed to come to the Jerusalem temple for three major feasts, including the Passover. Obviously, there would also be uh, wives and children would accompany, as we remember the story of Jesus when he was 12 years old. Uh, his mother Mary and foster father Joseph uh, had taken him to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. And when they were returning back home, uh, they lost him. Uh, they went in two separate caravans, one for males, one for females, and the other thought the other had Jesus. And that was not the case, and they found Jesus eventually back at the temple. So Jesus was familiar with the temple, and now as an adult, he comes in advance of the Passover feast. But there will be another Passover in which he will come, in which it will be the Passover of his life. Death and resurrection. Those are the means by which he will rescue us from sin and death. He is the Lamb of God whose blood was shed for our sins and who rises from the dead to give us eternal life. 
He fulfills the festival of Passover. It also fulfills the purpose of the temple. For no longer will there be a need for the sacrifices of doves and sheep and oxen. But we worship God now through the one eternal sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is risen from the dead. So the righteousness of God is the initiative that God takes to rescue us from sin and death. It is also the restoration of our identity. It is not part of God's creative intent for us to wallow in sin and to face the finality of death. That came into the world by the abuse of our freedom of choice. But restoring our true identity helps us to make wise choices in life that are in keeping with our dignity and the dignity of others. That is why God gave us commandments. In the first reading, God said to uh, the people he had liberated from slavery, remember what I've done for you. God did not say that for his benefit, but for the people's benefit. And he said that since you belong to me, here are the things that you should do. Here is how you should behave. And it's not just a series of do not do this and do not do that. But as beloved children of God, we recognize what we can do. We're called to worship God above any person and anything because only God created us. We are to uh, make his name holy, never disrespect his name, whether in word or in action. And we are to place a priority to worship him on the Sabbath day, which for Christians moved to Sunday because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And then from that relationship with God, we are to have proper relationships with others. As our parents are submitted to God, we are called to respect and honor our parents. We're called to respect and honor the marital relationship. We are not to subject anyone to exploitation, but to enhance their lives. We do not steal their property. We are not jealous about what they have, because that's God's concern. As long as they have obtained it legitimately and God has blessed them, who are we to say that God made a mistake? And so the commandments are what we can do and what we should appreciate. And God gives us the commandments as a boundary to say, do not do these things. It is not in keeping with who you really are. In relationship to God and in relationship to others. God takes the initiative to restore us to our true identity. And he wants us to live with integrity. To live with integrity means to integrate what we believe in response to what God has revealed about himself, what God has revealed about how we are to relate to him and to others, integrate what we believe into how we behave. And that is why Jesus took a whip of cords to cleanse the temple. Now, the marketers and the money changers were there for practical reasons. 
you could not use Caesar's coinage in the temple. You, need to exchange, you needed to exchange it for religious coinage. And people were coming from the Middle East and Asia, North Africa and Southern Europe, so it was practical to buy the animals to be sacrificed there. So the marketers were there. But what Jesus saw was the marketers and the money changers exploiting the people. We're coming up on a year in which we had to scale back our activities due to the pandemic. And I'm praying it's going to end this year, this calendar year. But one of the unfortunate things that happened as people flooded the stores is that some marketers decided to exploit people and to raise the prices. And some customers would buy up things and then sell things on eBay. Bleach for $100. That's what Jesus was seeing in the temple. And furthermore, this was happening at the court of the Gentiles. That's where those who were the God-fearers those who weren't Jewish, but who decided to believe in the one true God as revealed to the Jews, that's where they worshiped. So here's this marketplace going on and the Gentile God-fearers are trying to worship. So Jesus took a whip of cords and the gospel does not say that he hit anyone with those whip of cords. He didn't call for anyone to be killed. Uh, he whipped the table, the tables were overturned and so on and so forth. Jesus was asking people to live with integrity. How can you engage in the rituals of worship and break the commandments? How could the marketers and the money changers help people to worship if they were stealing from the people? And so Jesus says there has to be an integrity of belief and behavior. And that is why he has come into the world. During this third week of Lent, as it goes by quickly. We need to think about that our expression of loving God is to allow God to help us to live with integrity. We believe as we, be we behave as we believe in public and in private. And insofar as there is an inconsistency, we need to repent and cooperate with the means of grace that God gives us to repent, including sacramentally. So incidentally, during Lent, we have confession scheduled from 10.15 to 10.45 every Sunday, as well as our regular Saturday, 2.45 to 3.45, Friday after Stations of the Cross at 7.30 until the line ends, or Thursday morning from 9.15 to 9.45. But the righteousness of God means God takes the initiative to restore our identity and helps us to live with integrity and provides the means of grace to help us when we have not lived with integrity. Because he loves us, he doesn't want us to stay that way. Because he loves us, he says there is a way to live with integrity. He doesn't abandon us to sin and death. Of course we don't deserve it. God is God and needs no one and nothing, but he says he wants to be in relationship with us and not just humanity as the group of humanity, but personally with you 
And so sometimes God will make us uncomfortable, just like he made people in the temple of Jerusalem uncomfortable that day, to say this is not who you are. And it's time to get right. It's time to enjoy the freedom of living fully as a beloved child of God. And our response in love is, Lord, I do want to come back. You have the words of everlasting life. And I want to conform my life to those words. 